your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Monday afternoon edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So we finally have some good stuff to talk about in Penguin land. They get their first win of the season on Sunday against the Washington Capitals, 4-3 to in a shootout. We're going to break it all down for you guys on this episode. But first off, before I do say that, um, the last episode actually was like the most listened to episode in this podcast history. I mean, I've been doing this for what, 14, 15 months now. Actually, excuse me, it was the episode from um, Thursday of last week. That was the Mike Matheson having the rough debut. And then the Casey DeSmith one, which was uh, recorded on Friday night. That was also one of the most listened to episodes in this podcast history. So I appreciate all the new followers, the new listeners t- tuning in. And for those that have stuck around for the, the long haul, um, I appreciate you very much. So, but let's just get into this game. Uh, that was a much-needed win for the Penguins. Um, if they would have started out 0-2-1, 0-3, um, that's basically equivalent to 0-5-1, 0-6 in an 82-game season. You basically are you're, you're up a creek at, at that point. But, you know, you know, rough start for the Penguins. It, they're just giving up scoring chances left and right, just the same things from the first two games. Um, there was a lot of weird talk, you know, oh my god, the Penguins should start Tristan Jolly again. The Penguins should start him again. It's going to kill his confidence if you bench him. No, it's not. No, it's not. I mean, you saw what Casey DeSmith did when he came in against the Flyers. He let in, what, one goal basically after that, and then the fifth goal was an empty netter, and it's like you just, you play the hot hand. That's that's what happens in this league, especially in a shortened season. You don't have time to have a goaltender figure it out, or oh my god, the confidence thing. You just, you really don't have that time you need wins and you're in the hardest division in hockey you have to play the hot hand the penguins did that and casey DeSmith did give them some really good goaltending in that game against washington i was very happy with his play and i think he will start again um tuesday night against washington um if he plays bad that game they'll probably go back to jari but if he plays well again i mean just keep giving him starts i mean you're, you're probably gonna have to do 50 50 at this point if jari is going to not play as good. I mean, I know it's only been two games. He's probably not going to be like that for a full season. But, you know, if he is, you do have a nice safety net in Casey DeSmith, who really impressed against the Capitals. You know, as for the goal scorers for the Penguins, nice to see Evan Rodriguez get on the board after a couple of uh, tough games to start out on. Um, he had that basically kicking goal, that little one that looked like Travis Konechny when he whiffed on with his stick, but it just went in off his skate. Um, beautiful play there to go up one nothing. not even, what, 20 seconds into the game. I know the Capitals would respond. You know, the Colton Sevier thing, I didn't think that was a goal at the time, but, you know, when they saw it just it hit the camera and bounced out so quick, and I don't know why the NHL officiating, it was taking about 15 years to get this call right. It's like you can obviously see when they showed that last angle that it was in. Like, are, is Toronto not looking at that the entire time? I have absolutely no idea. That was just pretty funny to me. And then, I, of course, Eddie Olchek's on the broadcast. You go to give credit to the officiating you got to give credit to them it's like no you don't it, it took them 10 to 15 minutes to get an easy call right so it's just like that was dumb um nicely colton sevier getting on the board too who would have thought that the penguins bottom six through three games would be doing better than the penguins top six no 
Anyone, anyone here that's listening thought of that? Nope, I don't think so. Um, that has been something to behold. Um, the third line, again, was outstanding. Um, going back to some of the other goal scorers, Marcus Pedersen with his first of the year. I have no idea that he could snipe like that. Um, that was a gorgeous shot over Samsonov. I had no idea he had it in him to just go borrow down like that. That was just, that was awesome. Um, in the third period, there obviously wasn't a lot of scoring, but, you know, I was going to save this for a little bit later in the episode, but I'm just going to, I guess I'm going to talk about it now. Um, that was the best Penguins game of the season. Those last 45 minutes were a clinic for Pittsburgh, not just offensively, but defensively as well. I believe they held the Capitals to 11 shots overall at 5v5 over the last two periods, plus the 5-on-5 overtime, um, and only seven of them were at even strength. So seven even strength shots over the last 45 minutes, a complete clinic by the Penguins. That is how they do it defensively. That is the blueprint. If they can do that um, for the rest of the season, not probably not going to happen. Um, they would probably win every single game. But, you know, if you can kind of mimic what the Islanders do um, in the defensive zone like that, this team will win a lot of games. I truly believe that. Um, going to the three-on-three -three overtime, I still have no idea how the Penguins did not win that game there. Um, John Marino whiffed on a chance. He had a wide-open net. Jake Gensel missed one. Gino missed one wide. Um, we're going to get to Evgeny Malkin in the second segment and what the hell is wrong with him. Um, we'll talk about the power play as well. I mean, they were just – the Penguins were just hogging the puck the entire overtime. I think the Capitals had like one or two chances that entire period. Um, good thing they won in the shootout. I still think, though, guys – they need to extend the overtime to maybe 10 minutes of three-on-three. Three. I think that's best-case scenario. I mean, I don't really think anyone wants to see a skills competition end the game. I think everyone is mostly just sick and tired of a shootout anyway. I've been sick and tired of a shootout um, for about five, six years. I used to think it was cool back in you know middle school and high school when I was like, what, 12, 14, 16 years old. Then as I got older, I was like, okay, this is stupid. I actually kind of want to see the best players um, just win the game on their stick in overtime. You know, just kind of like what they do in the playoffs. And obviously you're not going to get played till you win in the regular season just because the games could go on super late and then you're just, what, you have a back-to-back -back the next day, you just be gassed. But I mean, it's just, I want to see more three-on-three. You know, I just, I don't want to see games end in a shootout. Um, some of the Capitals' attempts in the shootout yesterday were pretty pathetic. I don't know what Evgeny Kuznetsov was doing on his, Nicholas Backstrom. They made Casey DeSmith's uh, life in the shootout just so easy. I don't even know where they were going with the puck um, all the time. Um, Sid's attempt, I was. I, I remember when he, he came up, I'm like, he's going to do one of two things. And if you watch the Penguins for as long as I have and as long as some others have, you know he does one of two things. It's either that five-hole goal or he'll go forehand backhand. He chose the latter option, tried to go forehand backhand, didn't elevate it enough, which was annoying, but still a great save by Sam Sonov. And then the Gensel attempt was just beautiful. Um, basically faked him out, slides at five-hole, opened up just in the nick of time, and they were able to go home with that win as Casey Smith made the save on Alex Ovech to end the game but what a defensive performance overall um one of the big takeaways before we do get to the commercial break guys uh chad ruido needs to stay in the lineup for the rest of the season um that was a hell of a game by ruido i think jesse marshall said he led all skaters on the penguins on stat trick with uh possession and expected goals for percentage he was just that good i mean he was 1v1ing alex ovechkin in the defensive zone owning him each time. I mean, that was just... Cody Ceci ain't going to do that, folks. And if Cody Ceci is your number seven defenseman, that's fine. But I think Chad Ruedel, um 
for at least one game outplayed him to the point where I don't think CC will ever get up to that level this year. And that's not to say that CC has been bad this season for the Penguins because he was fine in that game, opening game. But I mean, Ruido, he's just so sound defensively in his own zone, can move the puck up the ice with precision, good in the offensive zone. He's just an all-around good number six defenseman. And I remember when Josh Yowie was on the podcast um, this past summer, he had that conversation with Jacques Martin um, in February of 2020. And he said, you know, for the last three to four weeks, he told Josh, Ruido was their best defenseman. And, you know, you can kind of see why he would say that just because of how good he was yesterday in the defensive zone and the offensive zone. He's just, he's just a really reliable number six defenseman. And just, it'll still make no sense as to why Jim the third flopping and Cody CC in for the number six spot was a good idea when Chad Ruido can just do, um, Everything he does, but except at a higher level for 700k. Um, for Yuso Rikula, good to see him in the lineup. Um, a lot of people were thinking it was a healthy scratch for Mike Matheson, me, myself included, because he's had a rough uh, first couple of games. It was not. If you guys did not see, uh, Sullivan after the game confirmed that Matheson will be out longer term with an upper body injury. Um, I think I read on Twitter from Josh and a couple other people that he was seen getting treatment on his shoulder. Uh, he was also practicing the next day, so it must have gotten worse over the last 24 hours, or he didn't think it was as bad as it looked and it turned out to be bad. So for the defensive moving forward, guys, you're going to see a lot of use so weak in the lineup. That's not a bad thing. I thought he was fine yesterday, though. I think his possession was like around 40%, which isn't good, but I thought defensively in his own zone, he was rock solid. Um, and, you know, if this pairing continues to tear it up, this Ricola Ruido parry, you're going to see a lot more people, myself included, just going at Jim Rutherford saying, like, dude, why'd you have to bring in Mike Matheson and Cody Cece when you have two players in Ricola and Ruido who can do their job just as well for a lot cheaper? I think it would be basically, what, $2 million for your bottom pairing with two players who are better than him, I would say. I mean, I definitely think Chad Ruido is better than Cody Cece. And, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see now what the Penguins have in use of weekly. He doesn't have a large sample size, but with Matheson out longer term, what is it, maybe 20, 30 games or something like that, we're going to really see what this team has now in Ricola, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But there's still a lot more we need, need to get to um, about this game. There will be some negative we have to talk about because, you know, it can't be all sunshine and roses. Um, before we do that, we do have to talk about Bet Online. There's only one place that has you covered, one place we trust. That is betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at that website. Use that promo code locked on for your 50% off welcome bonus. You have the AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game coming up th this week that you can bet on all the NHL games for the rest of this day, rest of the week, and the rest of until the summer, basically. Don't just sit on the sidelines anymore, guys. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's bet on Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, you know, as, much, as great as it was for the Penguins to get that win yesterday, there's still some negative that came out of it. Let's talk about it. Um, first up, though, the power play. Um, I didn't know it was possible for the Penguins power play to be worse than last year's Penguins power play, but... It has succeeded three games into this 2021 season. Um, they are just, it is a tire fire. Um, whenever they get a power play, I just want them to full-on decline it. Um, it looks like the other team is on the main advantage whenever the Penguins get on the power play. Their overpassing is just ridiculous at this point. Just take a bloody shot on net and crash the goalie hoping to get some rebounds. I mean, that's really...
really all there is to it. Like, get some good looks. You don't have to be like the Harlem Globetrotters on every freaking power play. It's just, it's ridiculous. With the amount of talent that this team has on their top power play, it should not look this bad. I mean, you have the skyhook pass on Reardon's power play unit, which has been in place since Nam. It doesn't work. He needs to get it out of here. And then they just need to work on the zone entries too. It's just like, it looks terrible. I mean, when Evgeny Malkin is gaining the zone on the power play, the puck is immediately turned over. Um, and speaking of Evgeny Malkin, he has been, he needs to come back down to earth. Um, he is absolutely terrible these last few games. I don't know if he's hesitant to shoot. I don't know if it's, if he's hesitant with his all-around game. It sure looks like it, but if the Penguins are to compete this season, get to the Stanley Cup playoffs, and win a fourth Stanley Cup in the Sid and Gino era, he needs to wake up out of whatever the hell he's in and start playing like the Evgeny Malkin that we all know and love and have been accustomed to because this is unacceptable from him. And he just looks absolutely lost out there. I mean, the game yesterday against the Capitals, that was the first shot on net for this season that he had. He didn't have any shots on net in the first two games against Philadelphia. Yesterday was the first time he had a shot on net. I mean, when have you ever said that about Evgeny Malkin three games into a season? Never. I mean, and I know he's 34. He's eventually going to slow down at one point, but it shouldn't be happening like this. We saw us know that he has a lot of hockey left in the tank, and I expect him to come out of this slump, but, you know, if he somehow doesn't, um, there's going to be a lot of talk about Gino one way or the other. And, you know, just bringing back about the power play, you know, he just he needs to be more confident in his ability, you know, to shoot the puck, not trying to force passes that aren't there. And that honestly goes for everyone on the unit. Latang was guilty of this yesterday. You know, I've seen people say that you could replace Latang with Marino on the top power play. I wouldn't hate it. I still love Chris Latang, but if, if he's not doing the job up there, you try to replace him with someone who can and John Marino, who moves the puck very well. Sid, he's not really been down low as much as from what I can tell. Put him down low. I don't know why he's working in the slot. I think he works great down low. Gensel's obviously the front of the net. Rust, he needs to work out of his funk. And, you know, maybe they'll try Kasperi Captain on there on Tuesday or towards the end of the week if this doesn't get fixed. But, you know, this just, it's been a bad unit right now. And there's just one simple fix that could honestly have it be a better unit. Stop overpassing and get pucks on net and crash the goalie. I mean, I don't know why the Penguins have gone away from it. Like I said, you don't need to be like the Harlem Globetrotters every freaking time you get on the power play looking for that perfect play, looking for the highlight real play and that you can put on Sports Center or something like that so just go back to basics they can get have a good power play i expect them to have a good power play so we'll see what adjustments they make on that unit i'm going into tuesday's game as they were 0 for 5 on the power play um on sunday that could have made the real difference in the game in regulation and they're lucky they didn't lose because of it um you know i already had my evgeny malkin rant um he just looks lost out there and, you know, you're going to hear a lot of uh, trade of Gunny Malkin chatter from some weirdos in the fan base. I I'm not at that level yet. I'm probably not going to get at that level ever unless, you know, this continues for a full season. Um, trust him to get out of it. I think he will. And, you know, a lot of people are going to be looking pretty stupid um, once he does find his way out of this funk. Um, other stuff. It is pretty interesting to me um, that Brandon Tanev, of all people, is outplaying Jason Zucker, Brian Rust and Jane Gensel. Most notably, though, the um, the last two, Brian Rust and Jake Gensel. Um, they have been invisible through three games. Um, I think the chances will come for Gensel. He's going to bury some of these. The same with Rust. I mean, he's been pretty invisible. Zucker at least had that nice pass to Pedersen on the um, the third goal. He had the primary assist on it. That was a hell of a read. Um, he's been getting some qual more quality chances than the other two. I think he's going to find the net at some point. As Jesse Marshall was saying during the game, the dam is going to break. I mean, their shooting percentage is not going to stay this low um, for the rest of the season. But you do want to see more out of some of your top six wingers, especially Rust and Gensel.
Gensel. Um, Rust, of course, had 27 goals this past season. Gensel was on pace for like, what, 40 to 45 before he got hurt. So yeah, they need to wake up. Um, as for the third line, um, this has the makings of a top five third line in hockey. Again, something I didn't think I would be saying after three games for the regular season. Um, this Jankowski, Tanev McCann line has been awesome. Um, I think Danny Shirey Irving of the Pens blog had this really awesome tweet this morning that shows just how good Jared McCann has been for the Penguins this season. Um, he ranks first among Penguins forwards at 5v5 in shot attempt share, expected goal share, goals for per hour, shot attempts for per hour, shot attempts against per hour, expected goals for per hour, and expected goals against per hour. Um, is that good, folks? Yes, that is very freaking good. That shows that he is um, excelling both in the offensive zone and the defensive zone. He's just a really good third line player and he's just worked so well with Tanev and Jankowski. Um, I never thought that Jankowski was this good offensively. I mean, he has some nice hands. He, he made some good playmaking ability. Um, Tanev, he's just a wrecking ball. I got a funny tweet from the Locked On um, Penguins Twitter account. Uh, True North Pens fan says, I'm officially scared of Brandon Tanev. Always sent shivers, but that shot of him losing his helmet and getting off the ice with his crazy eyes and hair terrified my kids. I loved him. What are your thoughts on that? I do remember that play, man. <laughs> it was really funny. I think that was the play when he basically, what, he raised his hands up saying, okay, get me off or something like that. And then, yeah, he flipped his hair like uh, Carl Haglund used to do. Yeah, the dude is like... He's a freak is what he is. Um, he just honestly looks like the boogeyman out there with how crazy he is. Um, it was just he, he's a lot of fun to watch. And like I said, he's been the, one of the Penguins best three forwards, I would say, for this season. He's just everywhere in the offensive zone and the defensive zone. And I can't wait for Ashton Reese to come back because I think he'll be even better next to him. But I mean, are they even going to move Tanev off that third line? I don't even know. So who knows what happens with that? And thank you for tagging me in that, too. I always like to talk about someone with nice flow. And someone who just looks like a menace on the ice and just a complete freak. So, um, thank you. But we still have more to get to coming up in the next segment. And there's been some rumors that the Penguins may be close to making a trade. Jack Roslovich of the Winnipeg Jets. Apparently, Elliot Friedman said on headlines on Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada that the Penguins are one of the more interested teams. Um, for those who don't know, he is a forward on the Jets who I believe has asked to be traded. 23 years old. We're going to get all into it in the next segment um, and some other stuff as well. Before we do get into that, it's time to talk about... Built Bar, 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake are a few, the 12 original, raspberry, coconut, almond, German chocolate, peanut butter, orange, the bars are covered in 100% chocolate, they are soft and easy to chew, they are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber, one of my favorite flavors is still the coconut almond, 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, you can go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON and you get that 20% off your next order, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hody. So there has been so a lot of this Jack Roslovich rumors. I wouldn't mind getting him on the Penguins. I think he's a better option than Sam Lafferty, Evan Rodriguez, Colton Sevier. On um, this last season in Winnipeg was his best season yet, 71 games. 12 goals, 29 points, 71 games. Possession-wise, um, 51.6%. Uh, for his course, Fenwick, that's a career high for him. The season before that in 2019 had 9 goals, 24 points, 77 games. So he's basically strictly a bottom six player. Uh, he'll be 24, I believe, in two weeks. Um, if I go to Jay Fresh Hockey's um, model when he was talking about the rumors, it doesn't paint him in a pretty good light, but I think for a bottom six player, um, he would be totally fine here on the fourth line. 
the biggest question is, you know, what's the cost to acquire him? I mean, are the Penguins going to have to give up someone like Yusso Rikula, maybe Colton Sevier, or going to give up a draft pick for him or something like that? I don't think Winnipeg is going to let him go for peanuts, but you never know with some NHL general managers. Kevin Shevoldayev is honestly hot or cold with trades. But if you read Jay Fresh's hockey's um, tweet, you know, with his um, just with his war wins above replacement model, requesting a trade is a good playmaker, but not very impressive in terms of driving players scoring goals. You know, his primary assist per 60 in the 85th percentile, high danger cha- passes per 60, 68%, um, quality of teammate, 71%, his fish- finishing ability, 57%, so it's okay, but you know, on the power play, not even 20%. His projected wins above replacement percentage is only 33%. Um, his goals for 60, 46%, even strength offense, 30%. The good part about him, though, is that he is still very young, 24 years old. He's in the peak years of his career. And if he can give the Penguins, what, 12 goals, almost 30 points in a season, you would take that, especially on the fourth line. And I think he would be an upgrade over players such as Colton Sevier and Evan Rodriguez and Sam Lafferty. I'm just not interested in moving out like a premium to go get, I guess. But, you know, but if it's a good package that you don't have to give up a lot for the future, basically, um, just do it. You know, you don't have to give up a player like Yusuf Regula, who's going to be probably your number five guy moving forward with Matheson out. So we'll have to see where that goes. You know, I've already seen people from Penguin Twitter saying that he could be a Penguin by the end of the weekend. It wouldn't surprise me with Jim Rutherford, which is how he is. And he just loves getting ahead of the trade market all the time. So those are my thoughts on that. Like I said, I still think he would be a good fit here. Has a good pass-first mentality. And if he can just work on his finishing ability, he would be that much better of a player. So that's basically it on him. Lastly, though, to end uh, this episode, you know, posted a tweet on the Locked On Penguins Twitter account, basically just asking everyone what they were impressed about with the Penguins during the game against Washington. Got a few good responses um, from True North Penns fam. Third line by far, all three guys have shown they are ready to play. Again, man, I 100% agree with you. That third line has been the Penguins' best line this season, and it's turning into one of the top five third lines league-wide, in my opinion. I'm Tanev. It's just been outstanding. Jankowski, he's already at three points in three games. He had seven points all of last year in like 70 games or something like that or so. Um, he's going. He's on pace to shatter that. Um, and then McCann, you know, I already put out those stats that Danny of Shagrid Irving of Penn's blog said. And yeah, it's just, it's been a freak line. Um, Gilbert, Gilbert the Goat, how well Casey DeSmith played. Yeah, man, he he was great. He made some very timely saves during that game that I don't think Tristan Jari would have made. I will give him the next start on Tuesday. If he plays bad, he give it back to Jari. But, you know, right now you're going to ride the hot hand. If Casey DeSmith plays well again tomorrow against Washington, you start him again later in this week against, I believe they play Boston coming up, if I'm not mistaken. Or, or it's the Rangers. I have to double check. And then Hockey and Nat, a Pittsburgh Penguins podcast, says, pleasantly surprised with Jankowski's played through three games. You know, you're not alone in that, man. I think everyone in this fan base is surprised with how well Jankowski has played. As you know, especially at 700K, and I didn't know that he had the offensive uh, skill that he has been displaying on that third line. But that will basically do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I don't think I missed anything for this episode. There's still some stuff that has to be fixed moving forward, namely the power play, getting Evgeny Malkin back from Mars or Pluto or whatever the hell planet he's on, and just making sure there's not many bad defensive gaffes in the third period, which could just derail games for the Penguins, because in the second period um, of the season, they have been the best team in each of their three games. And just when they keep it at 5v5, they are outplaying their opponents very decisively. So the Penguins have to stop taking penalties, you know, 
to end on that, stop with the too many men. I don't know how you're taking three too many men penalties in three games. That is absolutely embarrassing. That may have to be a league record. I'm, I'm going to have to look that up maybe for next episode. But thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. Tomorrow I'll probably have an episode after the game against Washington. That will be up on Tuesday night. And then Wednesday um, we'll go into a preview for the Penguins next opponent and also do a little more um, of a recap of that game. So, and actually, oh yeah, just before I forget, Kasperi Kapman, very likely to play tomorrow, was at practice today, skating on the top line with Crosby and Gensel. I would expect him to get in. I know it's only been one practice, but expect him to finally make his debut on the top line. And we're going to see what they have in Kapman pretty quick here. We'll see how if he has his legs yet. But on, the, on that note, thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you all um, on Tuesday night after the game against Washington.